podcast, where we promulgate that your physical, psychological, and financial health are your true sources of wealth that must be safeguarded and optimized to achieve long-lasting happiness. Here, we'll discuss tactics on how you may self-actualize to reach the pinnacle of authentic masculinity by embracing true libertarian principles, arming yourself with red pill knowledge, as well as implementing the most up-to-date holistic health biohacks to optimize your health. Stop being a blue pill sheep, being led to slaughter by big government and the court system. Become an awakened man. Here's your host, Gregory. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory back with the Awakened Man. I hope you're doing well today. Today, we're going to talk about hypergamy. What you need to know about it. What is it? How it actually benefited you? Even though you might have been the the recipient of the branch of the monkey. And ways you can possibly stymie it if you decide to engage in what I call the Faustian pact that is called marriage. Going to that old 18th century classic work by Goethe, or otherwise, as the non-cognoscenti would say, Goethe. Faust. So what's hypergamy? Hypergamy... Hyper means above or excessive. Gammy means marriage. So it's the way that women are wired to want to maximize their ability to get the best quality man. And what does best quality man mean? Well, in different eras of homo sapiens sapien, it means different times. But understand, about 99% of our existence on this planet has not been in these artifices called house and cars and business offices. It was on the plains. It was in the fields. It was in the, the icy Arctic. It was in the steamy jungles when we were hunting and gathering in our Paleolithic times and certainly even in, in, in ancient antiquity. And during that time, we both, men and women, developed our kind of instincts on how to survive. So men, being the larger, bigger sex, wanted to get it on, right? They wanted to get it on. And there's books like Sex at Dawn and other books like that that tell you that, yeah, we weren't the most monogamous people. And that monogamy might be, I mean, albeit uh, laudable because it does cohese society and is beneficial to society. Uh, we're not really wired for it. If you look at the scrotum and testicle size of men compared to other animals, like penguins have very small testicles because they don't have to make a lot of sperm because they pair bond for life. Uh, with their partner. And then you look at some of the the primates, they have gigantic ones. We, on a scale of 1 to 10, our testicles are about 6.5, which suggests that we do a lot of sperm wars, meaning that our women are, are, are pretty promiscuous and that we have to make more sperm to compete. But either way, what are men looking for? We know it because it still exists today. Youth, right? Because youth suggests fertility. Now, I'm not saying creepy Lolita 12-year-old. I'm talking like in the old days and throughout most of history, once the woman had her first period, which back then was later, like 15, 16, she'd be married off because one of the things was you wanted to have children, right? The man wanted to have children. At the time, women wanted to have children. And so as soon as she had her first period, uh, she was married off. So 15, 16. Nowadays, we'd say 18 to 24 is peak fertility if you look what the scientists say. But men are looking for youth because youth brings fertility. And then fertility brings the markers of youth, which is estrogen, right? So the, 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 
a clear face, the breasts, the wide hips, the things that we know that we see in models, right? All the models today, they're not 45, they're 22. So Haley Baldwin, Gigi Hadid, Bella Hadid, uh, Kaya Gerber, you know, all these, these people, right? They're all beautiful and young because youth brings those things. So men, even though we're no longer in the jungles, are still attracted to youth. And there was a study done by OkCupid, the dating site, that they showed this graph because, you know, they track everything that you search. And no matter what the age of the man was, the median age of what he was looking at on OkCupid was 25 years old. So if it was a 25-year-old man, he was looking at 25-year-old woman. If it was a 35-year-old man, he was looking at 25-year-old woman. If it was a 45-year-old man, he was 25-year-old woman and so forth and so forth. Now, some of you women are going to be like, that is disgusting. That is filthy. These filthy perverts. This is shame tactics because, see, one of the greatest fears of women, and we'll talk about one of the greatest fears of men are, one of the greatest fears of women, of course, is as they age and lose their estrogen, their youth, and certainly their fertility, that they're going to be replaced, right? And this is how this happened through human history. So this is shame tactics, right? You, you pig, you like a 23-year-old. Because they don't understand male nature. They don't understand sexual market value. So men are attracted to youth and beauty. Okay. With that, men are wired to spread their seed with as many women as possible. Because think about it. If you look outside your house, like I have tons of deer where I live. Deers are just getting it on in the fall, right? It's the male deers. They're not thinking about, oh, uh, can I pay child support? How am I going to feed it? No. <laughs> in the mammalian world, they're just trying to breed with as many females as they can to, to guarantee that their progeny will exist after they die. You see this all through the insect, animal, every kingdom, phylum, class, order, family, genus, species. So men want to spread their seed. Okay, so women. Women are the softer sex, the smaller sex, and they're the ones that are burdened or, or uh, I guess, honored to have to carry the child, birth the child, feed the child, and protect the child. Because of this, women have a certain instinct to want men for two different things. One, they want to breed with the man that has the best characteristics they want to pass on to their progeny. See, men, on the other hand, since they can bang and impregnate as many women as as, as they want a given month, they're just going to spread their seed. They'll bang a, a four on a scale of one to ten, a five, a six, a seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, whatever they can. I mean, ideally, they want to bang as many tens because beauty and youth and clear skin is also a suggestion of health and that any offspring they have with that woman will be healthy and beautiful. So with women, though, women have to be much more selective because, of course, they gestate for 40 weeks and they have to care for the kids and so forth. And so they have to be much more selective. And this is where we get to the road of hypergamy. So since women are the weaker sex, they need a man to do two things. One, they want to be impregnated or breed with a man who's going to have good physiognomic traits. So height, strength, good facial symmetry, which is beauty in both sexes. And so they want to breed with what we would call today the alpha seed. And so that's what they want to breed with. But at the same time, they want to be paired with a man who can protect them and protect the offspring, which the man will assume is his, because, again, they are the smaller sex. So if a saber-toothed tiger comes into the, the clan or beta men want a raper or just, you know, pestilence, drought, inclement weather. So they want to be with the strongest man because the strongest man, just like in the animal kingdom, is going to fight off the beta male and be the alpha male. So think of like the alpha, the alpha lion. And so the alpha lion is going to be the best hunter. So 
being the best hunter, he'll bring back the most food, meaning his offspring and his woman, who he's breeding out all the time, will be the healthiest and be able to to procreate, and his his offspring will uh, grow faster. And this goes really quickly on a, on a tangent with the stepdad. This what, what I like what I like to call the retro cuckold. Only in the, in in the human world, or I'm sorry, in the Homo sapien sapien world, do you see a man raising another man's seed. In the in mammalian world, they just kill off the offspring. The, the new alpha kills off the offspring of the previous alpha. Because why the hell would he want to go hunting and risk his life to raise another man's seed? And then he starts impregnating out and breeding out his the the new woman. And you see it in the mammalian world. It's not like the lion is trying to bang the old lion. He wants to get the youngest, most fertile lion. So the woman is looking to find and get the king of the clan, so to speak, because it'll protect her. It'll protect the offspring. It makes complete sense. It makes complete sense why men want to breed with the most fertile women, and it makes complete sense why women would want to be selective and only breed and pair off with the strongest man. So... What is the strongest man now? The strongest man now is going to be seen with resources. Yes, even the poorest man is going to have some resources. He'll have an apartment if we take away the vagrants on the street. But that kind of need for protection and provisioning and security has been translated into the 21st century. It's around the 20th century, 19th century. You can go to the Victorian era. I mean, they had books on this and everything, of course, is money. Women are attracted to men with money and status. And they want to be with men that are admired by other men, have status, so leaders, people, men of talent, men of skill, men that are well-known, renowned, and, of course, can protect, can provision, and can lead. So hypergamy is the need instinctual in all women to pursue this. And all women today are hypergamous. So what does that mean exactly? So when a woman marries a man, she's going to try to marry the man who is going to be able to provide for her the most. And this is going to be wealth. Now, when a woman's 21, 22, she's still kind of dumb and naive, just like men are at that age. You know, men are young, dumb, and full. You know what? So sometimes that women don't necessarily marry for that. But if a woman has the option between marrying a janitor and an accountant, She's going to choose the account. Why? Provisioning, security, status. Even though the account might be a beta provider, but still it's better than the janitor. So you can't exercise hypergamy from women. You can't. Just like you can't exercise men wanting to be with beautiful women. Now, there are going to be men who have low sexual market value who just can't get the beautiful women, right? If you're born ugly or, or, or you're broke, which are the two bad things if you're a man. Uh, you're gonna have to, you know, aim high and then work your way down to a level that you can, uh, of a woman you can get, and then you know, marry her if you want to marry her. But with women, women have the ability to monkey branch. So, like a monkey who doesn't let go of the old branch before he grabs the new one, so because he doesn't fall. Monkey branching is a term that we use in the red pill world for a woman to move on from a lower sexual market value man to a higher one. So, let's say she's dating or married a teacher. And she might love the teacher, but we have previous episodes, you know, how women, well-intentioned brides fall out of love with their husbands, whatever. And once there's another man, either through the law of propinquity or through Brafo's law, whatever it is, if she can access a man who has higher status and makes more money than the teacher, 
she will find a way to do it. Now, if she's a 300-pound land whale, she's not going to be able to do it. But if she's a somewhat attractive woman, she'll be able to do it. She'll be able to do it. And she'll leave the man who makes less money for the man who makes more. This is the way women are wired. Now, some of the women are like, Gregory, you're making women sound like they're gold diggers. Well, look, on a, on, a, on one level, all women are gold diggers, just like all men are pigs in that they want the younger woman. So, yeah, women will monkey branch up if they can. They will. And you see this in dating, too, right? The, the woman will start dating the kind of like the, the starving artist, musician. And then later on, she'll move her way up to the doctor. Because, again, it's all wiring. She wants to be taken care of. She wants to be protected. Now, we don't have the saber-toothed tiger anymore. But women still want protection and provisioning. And they'd rather live in a mansion than in some apartment. They'd rather live and have two lake houses than live in an apartment. They'd rather be with a man who is a leader in his trade or has a successful, I don't know, podcast, YouTube channel, whatever, a man that gets recognition status than be with a nobody dude who works in the movie Office Space or something like that. You know, some cubicle data entry, nobody. So understand this. So if men, if you get mad at this, then then do something about it. Leave your, your job and... Make more money and, and, and get in better shape and show cues that you have money. Now, a lot of men are just be like, I don't give a damn. Like the more the MGTOW monks will be like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. I'm not playing the game. I'm just going to work on myself, work on my making my own money, invest, save, and retire at 50. All right. Whatever you want to do. So that's hypergamy. So what are some ways you can stymie hypergamy? Are there ways that you can have a, a woman who's attractive, who you have kids with, who won't leave you? Yeah. I mean, there's some, but the thing is like, okay, one of the mistakes that the incels do is that they'll, they'll bring the mail order bride from the Ukraine. Now, while that's laudable because they think, okay, these women haven't been infected with by postmodernist thinking, radical feminism, cultural Marxism, they're, they're still religious, whatever, they're not narcissists. On one level, that makes sense, right? If you can find some beautiful Heidi from the old, the old Swiss uh, novel, you know, some girl who hasn't been exposed to television, reality TV, and doesn't have an Instagram account, I get it. But what they, they fail to understand is all women are hypergamous. So you can bring a woman from you know, the fields of the Central African Republic or from Bangladesh, but as soon as you, you bring her to your world and she's exposed to this world, her hypergamy will come out and she'll leave you and after you give her the visa for a richer man. This is the nature of the world, man. Wake up. Don't be, don't be all, all bitchy about it. You don't understand it. Now, really quickly, before how we talk about how you can stymie hypergamy, hypergamy is actually good for you, men. Even the incels who've been monkey branched away from, and look, man, we've all been we've all been monkey branched away from. I was monkey branched away from. The way hypergamy was good is look, is this: if your maternal ancestors were not selective with who they breeded with, either in terms of looks and height, or in terms of the man that they ended up marrying to provision and protect them, you wouldn't be here today. And you wouldn't look the way you look. So women have to be selective. If women, if our maternal grandmothers, ancestors, breaded, bred with the, the, the handicap-limped dude in the caves of wherever, Germany, uh, her offspring probably would have starved or would have been killed or, or something because, again, the guy couldn't have protected 
So back in those clans, it, it, there was this leveling, right? So the, the, the most beautiful man would be with the higher leaders, and then the uglier woman would end up with the handicapped dudes and so forth. So people would find and still pair up. But hypergamy is good in that regard because you want your maternal grand grandmas and your maternal ancestors to be selective. Because they were selective, you look the way you look today. So how do you stymie it? Okay. Well, it's very hard because, again, it's like, how do you stymie men being attracted to beautiful women? <laughs> religion is really the only way. Really, religion is the only way. Because with religion, the belief with, with I mean, I, and I don't mean like mega church Christians. I, I could tell you stories of, of women who were, were, you know, volunteering at the church, biblical good women, and then they run away with the pastor or they have affairs. That happens all the time. I mean like Hasidic Jews— Traditional Catholics, traditional Orthodox, Mormons, small-town Mormons. I mean, people that still take the religious seriously. And the reason I bring this up is because these people, not the watered-down Methodist Episcopalians, you know, megachurch evangelicals, all these people that are in this world or, or of this world but not in this world, they've been essentially uh, contaminated by by our culture. I mean, look look at the Episcopalian Church. They have openly lesbian female bishops. What I mean is is these these sects that believe that you should be married for life, they believe that divorce can risk your chances of getting into heaven, it's a mortal sin or it can cast you in the outer darkness or whatever their equivalent is. Women who are raised in this milieu whether it be small town, it helps if it's small town, not big town. But whether they're in the raising this milieu, are like, oh, I love my husband. Uh, they believe in traditional gender, biblical norms. You know, I'm here to serve my husband and help him, and and he is my my leader. He's my provider. He's my my spiritual leader, and they defer to him. And traditional gender roles that we've had for millennia. These women. Of course, want to be with the, the 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 richest man or the provider. Maybe they made the mistake and end up marrying the beta provider who provides for her, but maybe she's not attracted to him. But what what that does, hypergamy is kept in check because she's like, if I cheat, or if I leave my husband, the culture, the the small city, the world, the parish I belong to, will ostracize me and cast me out or look down on me. Uh, in some cultures, you know, you lose the business contacts, you lose all your friends and all these things like that. But also, this is a grave mortal sin. We are supposed to be married for life. This is what you still see with like Mormons, traditional Catholics, traditional Orthodox. We're married for life. There's no such thing as divorce. So if a woman is very religious, very religious, and connects her marriage to salvation and loss of salvation if she leaves it, this can stymie hypergamy. It will. And look, I mean, you guys, if you belong to any of these denominations, and I do, you know, you know, I'm a traditional Catholic, I'll go to I'll go to church and I'll see these beautiful women wearing chapel veils with six kids. Just think of like uh, Amy Conan Barrett, the Supreme Court justice, right? She's a, she's an attractive woman for being 48, but imagine she was beautiful probably in her 20s and she's a trad, trad, trad con Catholic. So these women are like six kids when they're 32 and, uh, you know, they wear chapel veils to protect their virtue and all just these trad con women. But they're with these schlubby beta providers. I remember I used to to be engaged with a Mormon woman and I would see the same thing there. These beautiful Mormon women with men that aren't on the same looks level. And part of this, of course, is women are willing to forsake the handsomeness of a man for other qualities, namely security and status. Whereas men, it's you, you rarely ever see a, a gorgeous, good looking man 
like Jacob Elordi from the kissing booth with an ugly, 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 ugly woman. No, but you see the opposite all the time, right? Hot woman with the schlubby wife or schlubby husband because the schlubby husband's providing for her and the schlubby husband gets the trophy beautiful wife. So you'll see this in, in, and this, this will stymie hypergamy. But aside from that, there's really not much. The other option is just be the highest branch to which she can swing to. Meaning if she can't get any other man that is either richer than you or better looking than you, then you've kind of stymied it. That's not to say that that's foolproof because look, you might drive a Porsche, but she might one day meet a man who has a Lambo, right? So there's there's no way to like, maximize that unless she her 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 world that she's in her her group of friends and she doesn't work or whatever are all very low sexual market value man and you have the porsche okay so if you have the porsche then that helps because she doesn't know anybody else who has something that's nicer and this is all metaphorical the other thing is how how well are you maintaining masculinity women want to be with masculine risk-taking leaders who take the woman who take the woman on all levels, they take the woman and they just go. Right? Women love these types of men. So if you're one of these very masculine alpha men who make a lot of money, that helps it. And if you're religious and she's religious, that even helps it too. But that's what you have to do. You have to maintain frame, be very masculine, and get a super religious woman. Good luck. I still wouldn't marry because here's the issue. Because even though you might get all these things, we live in America— or in the Commonwealth, wherever you're listening to this. And even in that situation, the court system and family law is set up to fleece you. So yeah, these help minimize or mitigate against you getting divorced because it does suppress hypergamy. But at any time, if she becomes discontent or she loses her faith or she meets a new dude or some old flame from Facebook, next thing you know, she can initiate no-fault divorce and you lose everything. So to me, the juice ain't worth the squeeze. The divorce rates demonstrate everything, and to me, it's better just not to marry. The risk is too great. Now, what about, well, Gregory, what happens if you meet a rich woman who makes makes more than you? Well, I mean, look, there are certain circumstances where a woman's hypergamy for a rich man can be sated. And really, the number one thing is because we know women are willing to forsake other qualities uh, for looks. So if you have wit, if you have humor, if you're religious, all these things, a woman will look into it. But the number one way in that well, in that way, to quell her hypergamy and her need for security is if she's already rich. So if she's a trust fund baby, if she has her own wealth, then she doesn't have that petrifying need of provisioning and security. I need a man to, to marry me and take care of me and my children and all these things. She doesn't have it that much because she already has this trust fund and you know this money for life. So at that point, it kind of liberates the woman to then look for a man who has good qualities. He's ethical. He's moral. He's religious. He's ambitious. All these things, witty, smart, likes the arts, you know, whatever it is. Find somebody that fits her personality. That's one way you can do it. The only issue with that is it's it's... Even though a woman might be wealthy, women typically marry men who make more more than them because it's just wired in the provisioning. And look, if you have four lake houses, does it hurt if you marry a rich man and therefore get eight lake houses or you take more trips to Europe? No. But certainly there are women who make a lot of money who will marry a man who makes less. Think of Julia Roberts and Danny Motor. She married a, a dude on the set of, a, of, of one of her movies. He makes no money and he she makes all the money. But as a whole, women 
who are wealthy and famous are still going to want to marry men who are wealthy and famous, if anything, because they can relate to them in that world of the of the, the cognoscenti. So, guys, hopefully this helps. Hypergamy, it is what it is. You can't fight it. You can't exercise it for women. What I tell men is just understand it and embrace it. And if you want to get a woman, then work hard, make more money, get in shape, and then you can be the one that instead of being monkey branched away from, you're the guy who gets monkey branched to. Guys, the website's Naturopathic Earth. Go check it out. We have a lot of articles. If you want to help us out, click on the PayPal link found in this episode notes. Click $5, $10 monthly or yearly or whatever. Just donate, please, something. Also, I am an Amazon affiliate, so if you go to Naturopathic Earth and there's a link in the episode notes, go to the articles, go to the recipes, and click on one of the Amazon links that takes you to Amazon over there. Anything you buy within 24 hours, we get a 2% commission at no expense to you. Go check out my books, Confessions of an Obese Child and Revelations of a Weight Loss Warrior. You can find them both on Amazon. You can buy paperback or Kindle. Also, if you want some one-on-one coaching from the Red Pill perspective or weight loss or weight maintenance, contact me through the Clarity FM link. Go to Clarity FM and search me out. And lastly, please, please post an honest review for The Awakened Man. Subscribe to it and go check out my two other channels, Confessions of an Obese Child, which we just released an episode over there that deals with addiction, weight weight issues, early childhood trauma, and also the essential oils and holistic health. Apothecary, we just had an episode on why women, middle-aged women, should be taking uh, testosterone. All right, guys, until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to The Awakened Man Podcast. Find us on Facebook at the Awakened Man Podcast page. Subscribe and post an honest review on Apple Podcasts and consider donating to our crowdfunding account. And remember, freedom is better than needle. Until next time. Music attributed to Nine Inch Nails.